welcome back to the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast where I am discussing style and pop culture and anything else I feel like talking about that week. This week I want to share some revelations that I had while re-watching Sex and the City from the very beginning of the series. Um, we also have to have like a really serious talk about mentorship as that seems to be buzzing on Twitter again. Also excuse my voice. Uh, I'm quarantining just like I hope the rest of you guys are and my sleep schedule is whack so I may sound a little bit weird in the beginning hopefully my voice gets its life together so I'm excited to chat about TV and life and things with you guys as per usual we have to kick every show off with a fashion tip and my fashion tip this week is I don't care what the hell you're wearing I hope you just stay your ass at home um this week The past week has been really rough for me just because I'm seeing a lot of people ignoring common sense and still going out as if life has resumed. And as much as we would love for the pandemic to be over, and I personally don't want things to go back to normal, I want things to go to a new normal where we prioritize community more and provide more resources to actual essential workers. But besides that, I'm really frustrated that people still aren't taking this virus seriously when I have a family member who had it, um, a close family friend lost their grandfather to it. I have countless friends who are nurses who are on the front lines still putting their lives at risk to treat people who have it and it's such a slap in the face to all those people for you to think that the rules somehow don't apply to you or you know you're covered in the blood of Jesus don't involve Jesus in this Jesus looking at you like girl that ain't what I told you to do like Please stop using God as an excuse to be stupid and to be individualistic and to think that rules don't apply to you. I don't know why people seem to still not get how the virus works, but it's like, I don't, it's like, I can't tell if people are stupid or if they just don't care. And either way, I'm really, really, really frustrated and really disappointed in a lot of people who I know. Um, That's all I'm going to say about the pandemic right now because I want this to be a little bit of a lighthearted break for people but I am extremely disappointed in some of the things that I have seen and uh so my fashion tip is that I don't give a shit what you look like I would just really like for you to stay home until we get a vaccine until we get this shit actually figured out and you can stop putting people's lives at risk so that you can have drinks for Cinco de Mayo so stay tuned I promise the next segments will be much more fun I just had to get that off my chest Be right back. All right, all right, all right, all right. So I'm back. In this segment, I want to, first of all, recap a little bit for you guys. I may have some new listeners um, or some people who just never quite got the story. So before I get into what it's like rewatching Sex in the City as a single 32-year-old woman, um, I have to obviously address the elephant in the room, which is my podcast and brand name, 
which is not Carrie Bradshaw. So the reason that I wanted to disassociate myself from that character is because even before I had this awareness about feminism and about the inequities that come along with being a single woman, I always kind of felt frustrated about the way that I was kind of treated as a single person and that there is this belief that if you're single, you are in a state of infancy, I guess, or like your adult life really doesn't count or matter until you become a coupled person. And I always kind of had a hard time with that because it always felt like we were teaching women to prioritize romantic relationships and no one was telling men that. And speaking strictly heteronormatively, it's like, well, who do y'all think that we're supposed to marry? If you're telling us that marriage is the highest honor that a woman can have, why don't you put the same pressure on men to be married as you do on women? Because who y'all expect for us to marry? That's another conversation for another day. But I always kind of had this inclination that something just was not right about the state of things. So when I first announced to my friends that I was ready to move to New York, Um, to get my second degree from the Fashion Institute of Technology. I was making the move from Atlanta to New York. Everyone was excited, but for really weird reasons. The fact that I was going to a new major city that was unlike anything I had ever experienced. Um, The fact that I was going to get a second degree and really pursue my passion for style and learning about the fashion industry and hoping to break into that industry. Uh, The fact that, you know, I was embarking on a very new and independent part of my life took the backseat to the fact that everyone was like, oh, you're going to move to New York and be like Carrie Bradshaw and you're going to meet your Mr. Big. And I was so horrified at that because it's like, do you guys think that I'm moving states for a man? And then it was also like, was everybody else watching the same show as me? Because Big was not a great guy. Why Why would you want me to meet another man who's emotionally unavailable, who will you know, lead me on for 10 years and then leave me at the altar. And then I have to go through like a year of pain and suffering for him to finally be like, okay, fine, we can get married. You know, that just didn't sound ideal to me. And as I gotten, as I had gotten older and a little bit more removed from that show, like I snuck and watched Sex in the City when I was little, just like everybody else. But, you know, as I got older and rewatched it, It was like something about this just isn't right. And I kind of didn't understand why people were for the big and carry relationship. And even more than that, it was like, how could she afford this lifestyle? And more people started to, you know, have these discussions about how Carrie's life was really fantastical. One of my friends kind of likens her life to being like that of a princess. 
in that she moves to, you know, this big city and has a job that can pay for her to have a pretty decent apartment in a really nice part of New York. And she can also somehow afford this designer closet. And even when she does run into money trouble, she has friends who can loan her large sums of money. And she, Carrie actually led kind of a charmed life. I found that pretty resentful because when I got here, that was not my experience. Um, And, you know, we didn't see Carrie in the early years. I think they came out with a show about that, like that was supposed to be like a prequel to Sex and the City, but I didn't watch that because I wasn't interested. But, you know, when you move here, if you don't have money, you're going to be like couch surfing or living in some not so cute places. (laughs) So I didn't move here with the understanding or the intention that I was going to live this charm life because I'm not a white woman. I don't come from wealth and my friends aren't nearly as wealthy as Carrie's friends. Um, so I kind of, you know, I didn't really want to, I didn't want that to be my goal. I didn't want that to be people's goal for me. So that's how I ended up coming up with the name Not Carrie Bradshaw because I get it. I'm a writer. I live in New York. I'm really interested in fashion, and but I just did not want to be. Um, don't put that evil on my life is low-key how I feel. So that's how the name came to be. And the older I get, the more I lean into it and the more I absolutely love it. So much like everyone else during quarantine times, I have been just really diving into TV. If you're new here, I live and die for television. I love TV so much. Um, Binge watching is one of my favorite pastimes. So lately, I've just kind of been on a vibe where like, I haven't felt like investing in anything new. Um, I have been watching Insecure and doing weekly YouTube reviews. Check those out. Subscribe to my channel. Anyway, um... I didn't feel like diving into or committing to something new. I was feeling really nostalgic. So I've been rewatching old Disney shows and something just told me that I wanted to rewatch Sex in the City from the very beginning. Shouts out to the HBO Go app. So I start season one, episode one. Again, just for nostalgia's sake, I'm not really looking to like write a dissertation about Sex in the City because it's been done to death. People revisit this show all the time. I guess now was like my opportunity to do it. And I was like horrified <laughs> because um, I was telling a friend, I never noticed that there weren't black people or more people of color in significant roles on Sex in the City because back when the show was on, we had so much of our own black television that I know I personally didn't care if we weren't included on white shows because we had, it was like the renaissance or the heyday of black television. We had so many sitcoms. We had so many great movies that it was like, who gives a shit if we're not on Sex in the City? Like, that's white people stuff anyway. Who cares? But now, as a 32-year-old woman who lives in New York, it is kind of a joke because... <laughs> New York isn't even just black and white. It's so completely mixed up with so many different kinds of people. So it does look a little bit ridiculous. Um, 
And I was really like, okay, this show is very much a relic of its time because it's so much problematic shit that's like said and done. Like the episode where Samantha has like moved to the meatpacking district and she has to deal with the transgender sex workers outside her window. Like the terminology and stuff that they use, like just hella problematic. They can never get away with that today. But it was just during a different time in our country, in our world, like in existence so we have to give some license in terms of like you don't know what you don't know and you know it's history so um the other thing that I came to realize is for years I have been saying why the hell would they allow Carrie to end up with Big Big was awful he was this terrible person blah 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 now that I'm going back and re-watching it, Carrie was the asshole the whole time. <laughs> like, so Big, you know, when Carrie and Big first meet each other, actually I completely forgot Samantha was throwing herself at Big like nobody's business. And he seems unattainable from the jump. He's emotionally unavailable. He's flaky. And this just makes Carrie fight even harder for him. If you've subscribed to my wellness newsletter, first of all, if you're not subscribed, you need to be. Uh, but if you are subscribed and you have been kind of keeping up, I've been talking about attachment styles through this book that I started reading called Attached. And Carrie's attachment style was kicking her ass. This man was consistently inconsistent. He consistently played with her feelings, popped up whenever he sensed that she might be happy with someone else, married a whole other ass woman on her when he swore that he had all these com commitment issues and she still fought so hard for him. Moreover, Carrie was manipulative as fuck as well. Carrie fully created an I Love Lucy style ruse to meet this man's ex-wife such a huge violation of boundaries because she just needed to know what his ex-wife was like and just needed to know like why they weren't together not so okay then she stalked him at church with his mom to force him to introduce her to his mother what is wrong with you and then the whole time during their relationship she's throwing these temper tantrums and storming off and demanding to know what am i to you where is this going like carrie was never at ease in this relationship and she was constantly just trying so hard to make big be someone who he just wasn't and i felt so bad for natasha first of all natasha read carrie for filth like I rewatched it a few times I'm gonna be real but could you imagine losing a whole ass tooth because you married an older gentleman who was not over his ex you missing a whole tooth like oh my gosh I felt so bad for Natasha and but then you know she got her retribution because she read Carrie for filth but I was just like wow Carrie was actually I'm going to say more the asshole because Big was always just who Big was. He never changed up on her. He was flaky and inconsistent and emotionally unavailable. And if anything, the Big and Carrie relationship is a cautionary tale about not letting your attachment style rule your life. 
if you are a person who has abandonment issues, it makes you really, you know, like you're preoccupied by your relationships and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, you're constantly unsettled about whether or not this person really wants to be with you. You have an anxious attachment style. You need to work on that. Don't be that person. If someone's not giving you what you know that you need in order to feel comfortable and safe in a relationship, don't try to change them and don't try to change yourself. Don't try to make yourself into somebody who I don't need nobody. Like it's cool. He can do what he want to do as long as he come home. Girl, that ain't really you. That ain't really got to be you. Do not keep changing yourself and bending yourself to fit with the mold of what you think another person wants you to be it's either a fit or it's not big and carry my friend was like I think they deserve each other because they're both insane I can't say that big and carry are a good fit for each other like at this point you know like since we've had these movies and whatever whatever but that big was so cool so unbothered so whatever until they kind of like forced the character the character to start actively pursuing her more and like leaning into his feelings like okay sure I guess but that man was just playing it cool the whole time Carrie would ask all these digging questions just like well what are we and like oh my god I'm not gonna do this you can't do this to me girl shut up yes he can let that man cheat in peace if this is who you gonna be anyway um, I just, I don't know, rewatching it as an adult, as a whole adult who's also single and living in New York, it's just like, Carrie, my God, the air of desperation coming off of you is just over fucking whelming. I also realized that I hate Charlotte. I think for a long time, I kind of inadvertently looked at Charlotte as being like the moral compass of the show. But Charlotte was actually an elitist asshole and she really got on my nerves. And yeah. Um, Oh, just to dive back to the whole Carrie thing. Watching Carrie shit on Aiden is still so hard and so cringe. Carrie basically became big with Aiden. Aiden showed up emotionally available, was ready to let this bitch meet his parents, wanted to not only create space for her in his life, but was happy to just come into her life, you know, as it was and was like, you know, I don't, you don't need to change anything about yourself for me if you need five minutes of me not talking to you when you come in the house. Aiden was so accommodating and was so what so many of us wish that we could meet now. And just the way Carrie did him is so hard to watch, especially when she goes back to him. Carrie never deserved Aiden because Carrie never healed from the emotional trauma that she that she allowed Big to put her through. And all things being held constant, you know, to be fair, to give people some grace, you know, you don't know what you don't know. But it's like Carrie wasn't some young girl in her 20s who was just like figuring it out. Carrie was well into her 30s letting this man lead her on and manipulate her. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for my own awareness. And that that's something that I pray I will never allow to happen to me again. But 
I think it's also a caution, a cautionary tale about not moving on to another person. If you're not healed from the previous, from the trauma of the previous relationship, whether it was your fault or not. Um, I have a homegirl who recently got divorced in December and she was like, you know, so she's quarantining by herself and she was saying, you know, I'm really grateful that my divorce went through before all of this because I can't imagine having to be in the same house as my ex-husband, you know, being physically and emotionally abused. And, you know, she was saying, as much as I do hope that I eventually at some point meet another person, I have to heal because I would not be ready for for the kind of man that I actually want. Because I still have kind of the mindset of an abused person, of a person who, you know, was dating a narcissist. There's a lot that I need to unlearn before I can be ready for another relationship, for one that I hope will be successful. Carrie never did that. She never actually healed from the emotional wounds that anyone caused. And she was in therapy for like five minutes shit got too real for her because she acted out exactly what the therapist told her her problem was. And that was just it. So again, like I credit where credit is due. I think that the show overall was really revolutionary in what it was doing at the time. Um, it's a show that I think I'll always hold near and dear to my heart, of course. Uh, but rewatching it as an adult, it's like, oh, there was a lot wrong here. And then too, Samantha was supposed to be this super liberated, sexually progressive woman, but Samantha stayed getting played by dudes. Like routinely, she ended up with her feelings hurt. If it wasn't someone calling her old or someone making her actually feel like a hoe or being cheated on or, you know, dropped or whatever. Like Samantha was low key constantly getting played, even though she was trying to be this like, you know, sex without emotions type of person. She routinely got her feelings hurt. And it honestly, in retrospect, it looks like Samantha, it looks like Samantha may have had like a sex addiction. Like it seemed like a compulsion for her. Um, and one of my friends is like, I really think that that character is based on a gay man because like even a promiscuous woman doesn't behave that way. I'm still not sure how I feel about that part, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I think rewatching it, you're like, oh, Miranda may have had the right go of it the whole time, but it's even hard watching how Miranda treated Steve, you know, but then also seeing how even now, I think it is hard for women who are extremely successful to be open to dating guys who aren't on the same level as them career-wise or, you know, professionally or financially. I'm sure that is a challenge. It's not one that I have encountered yet. I hope not to. But watching how she treats him in the beginning is really, really rough. So I'm enjoying. I still haven't finished. I think I have one more season to go. Um... And even though I know what's going to happen, because I've seen both of the movies and I've watched the series in its entirety before, it's still just really interesting to go through these with just like a fresh set of eyes. So I'm excited like in the future to watch it again, like when I'm like 40 or 50 or 60 and just be like, you know, what's my take on on these things now? Um and of course, there are also some moments where it's like relatable content. But yeah, I think the whole time I've been thinking that the Big and Carrie relationship was so messed up and so problematic because of Big. But, 
Carrie played a huge role in her own heartbreak too. And I think because of the things that I have gone through as an adult woman, I can now see that through a different set of eyes. So is there anything that you guys are revisiting that you're looking at with fresh eyes and asking yourself some hard questions? Let me know in the comments and stay tuned. I'll be right back. Okay, guys, I'm back. So every couple months, I'll say, there seems to be a situation on Twitter where an influencer of some sort gets blasted for being really rude to their listener base, to their audience. Like someone reaches out to them about work or, you know, about getting hired or about, um being mentored and the influencer handles it with zero grace and then they get blasted on social media for just not being a nice person so I'm not going to call any names here but this happens pretty routinely um the main example that a lot of people give is that a girl reached out to this particular I guess you could call her lifestyle um, maybe entrepreneurship or women's empowerment influencer. And, you know, she'd recommended some books, the listener, audience member, whatever, reached out to her via Instagram or via Twitter and was like, hey, you posted some books the other day on your story, um, but I missed them. Would you mind letting me know what they were? And the influencer kind of <laughs> went on this diatribe about how time is money and, it was your responsibility to screenshot those and I don't have the time to be going back and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And none of that was necessary. Like if you have the time to respond with all of these tweets, you have the time to just say, oh, hey, girl, it was these books. Now, to play devil's advocate a little bit here, I sometimes get DMs from people where I'm like, did you try to read or you just wanted me to do this work for you? Like if I post an outfit, I always will tag who the designer is um, in the post. I'll even tag it in the caption and people will still DM me like, hey, where did you get this? And it is one of the most puzzling things in the world for me because between working in fashion and, you know, working as an executive assistant and, you know, working in support staff, I think, and also maybe it has something to do with being black, but I don't ask people questions that I can figure out on my own. And so when people do that to me, I'm like, did you even try? Or this is like your first stop. So I do understand the frustration of it, but I always try to handle things with grace. Like I'll always say, hey, I got this from X, Y, and Z, but you know, just FYI, I always tag the designers in the post, you know? So most recently, um, an influencer came under fire for posting the exchange that she had between one of her followers where the girl was basically saying like, hey, I really need a mentor and I know that I could benefit from you being my mentor in these ways, blah, 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 blah. The girl basically responded saying like, whenever people reach out to me about being a mentor, it's always what I can do for them, you know, or something like that. And it's just like a few things about the mentorship thing, or let me dial it back. 
if you don't want to be a resource for people, if you don't want to be a resource for young women, don't position yourself as if you are. It's either bow down bitches or it's get information. You can't have both. Um, there is a feminist platform that I had to unfollow because they were constantly acting in this very smug way whenever people would ask them for like a recommended reading, like I'm new to feminism and I don't quite know where to begin. What would you recommend? And they would always give those people a really hard time. And it's like, why don't you just create a FAQ, a frequently asked questions, like on your site for people to refer to or just have like, you know, a recommended reading tab so that you don't have to keep doing this. I have a friend who freelance writers always reach out to her with all of these questions about like being a successful freelance writer. So she just created an FAQ, a little like handbook for freelance writers. You know, if it's something on the influencer side, if people keep asking you something all the time, maybe there's an opportunity for you to create some sort of additional platform or online resource that you can just refer them to. And that can be it. That's just as an aside. So when it comes to mentorship, I know when I first decided that I wanted to work in fashion, even before I moved to New York, I was like, I need a mentor. I need for somebody to guide me. I don't know what I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. I met, this was back when I wanted to be a stylist and I met several Atlanta based stylists who were full of shit and, um, not really nice people. They were mostly just looking to get free labor out of people and not in the way that like, you know, interning, paying your dues, whatever, whatever. It was like, oh, there's never going to be an end to this. Okay, cool. You know, um, and I, even after moving to New York, I was just like, I really need to find a mentor. And I reached out to a few people myself. I can't quite remember who they were, but I definitely reached out to some people because I was just really lost and looking for some guidance, especially being a black person who wants to work in fashion. There aren't a whole lot of us. So when you come across someone who you admire, it's like, oh my God, can you help me? I never did find a mentor. I never did. And I'm, Glad that I didn't because I needed to learn some of these ups and downs for myself so that in the future, if someone reaches out to me, I can actually give them firsthand advice about, oh, this is how I navigated that. So number one, before you get super pressed about finding a mentor, consider that maybe you don't need one and maybe you're kind of leaning on that as out of fear that you can't figure these things out on your own. That's number one. Number two, if you want to reach out to someone in a mentorship capacity, maybe shoot them an email, do the research required to find an email contact for them and approach it with a little bit more professionalism. Sending someone a DM is pretty casual, especially when you don't know them and have not met them. Now, on the influencer side, you remember what it was like not knowing what the hell you were doing and wishing that you had some semblance of guidance and wishing that somebody could kind of tell you, at least in broad terms, like what you should be doing. Why are y'all giving these girls such a hard time? Why are y'all so rude to these girls? You are not so far above or so far removed from being in this position yourself. If quarantine has taught me nothing else is that time is an insane concept. It was only yesterday that you didn't know what the hell you were doing, too. Even if you aren't willing to be someone's mentor, and you know, maybe you don't have the time for that. 
At least be gracious in the way you turn them down. Don't put the correspondence on blast. Like, don't publish it to, you know, your platforms and make the person look stupid. Even if you don't include their name, they know who they are. And you could completely crush a person's dreams or a person's goals because you feel like you don't have the time or you don't feel like being bothered or you're just having a bad day and kind of taking it out on a person who's just trying to find their way. If you don't want to help, don't. Like Candy said, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But also be a little bit more gracious in the way that you explain to a person why you don't want to do it. And even if you feel like, oh, I don't owe anyone an explanation. We have socially binding unspoken contracts with each other to just not be an asshole. You know, and I think that we kind of tend to get mixed up in terms of what it means to establish boundaries and what it means to also be kind to people. Yes, no, you, the, the word no is a complete sentence. And yes, you have to take charge of what you allow, you know, in your life and how you spend your time. You don't have to be a mentor to anyone if you don't want to be, but you don't have to be an asshole. You can also be kind in establishing boundaries. And I think we kind of saw a little bit about that on this past um, episode of Insecure, where, you know, Molly called herself just establishing boundaries by not, you know, putting Issa in contact with Andrew. But in establishing those boundaries, you weren't clear. You weren't gracious or kind about it. You know, you were doing that in a punitive sense. When you are, quote unquote, establishing a boundary to punish someone, that's not what that is. You maybe just don't want that person in your life. And that, again, is fine. But you don't have to be an asshole about the way you express that. And especially when it comes to us being black people, I don't believe in being held hostage to your race. But just understand there's more comfort in reaching out to a person who looks like you to get help than someone who doesn't. So because there are still so few of us in so many different spaces, there's only a handful of people that a person can reach out to. So understand what the numbers look like and why they're reaching out to you to begin with. Like practice some awareness because you don't have to make a person feel like shit because of what they don't know. Obviously, if they had a mentor, they would know not to send you a DM and not to and, and know that you shouldn't approach a person just asking what you know, they can do for you as opposed to what value you can add. Everyone does not know that. Extend some grace to people because of what they may not know. For fuck's sake. Again, is it bow down bitches or is it formation? Because it can't be both, honey. So <sighs> to anyone who that's happened to, I'm sorry. That sucks. And don't let an influencer or, you know, an executive or whomever make you feel irrelevant or like you've done something wrong. You don't know what you don't know, but also I always want to encourage people to use Google and make sure that you can't answer a question on your own before you reach out to another person to ask them. Um, sending someone a DM is a gamble, especially if it's a person who you don't know. Some people are cool and casual like that, and some people will use that as an opportunity to make you feel like shit because they actually feel like shit. So that's my rant. Um, we all need to practice a little bit more awareness and a little bit more kindness in the way that we deal with each other. So um, yeah, that really bothered me, and I just wanted to talk about that today. So that's it for today's episode. Um, the previous uh, week or 
week before last that I wasn't here, I did a guest spot on my friend Shaney's podcast, um, a single serving podcast. I will put a link to it in the description. So that's why you guys didn't get that past um, episode for me because I stepped out and did someone else's platform for a change. And so I'm back here and I will talk to you guys again soon. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, follow, share, all that good shit. And I hope you guys have a great week and take care of yourselves and try to find a way to take care of someone else too. Talk soon. Bye.